Good morning. We're almost to the end of our journey in the book of Acts. It's been a great journey for me, uh, looking at the book in a whole new light. As Paul was reading today, something that caught my attention in my studies this week is verses 23 through 25, and it's really kind of like the centerpiece of my thoughts this morning. And I'd like to reread those verses, so please join me in your Bible. Uh, in verse 23, for this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. The New Living Translations put that verse this way. So take courage. For I believe God. Many of you might recognize uh, that term, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. That's from the Apostles' Creed. Uh, one of the earliest creed, the Apostles didn't write it, but it's what they taught. And the early church put a creed together, this basic statement of faith. And I'd like you to stand this morning, and we're going to recite the Apostles' Creed. I invite you to say it with me, if you believe it. If you're not sure you believe it, then at least follow along and think about what we're saying together. But please, uh, read with me. I invite you to join me as we read it together, because in just a few phrases, the truth of God, the gospel of God, is put together for us. Let's say it together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into Hades. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I have a question I want you to ask yourself this morning. What do you, what do I believe about God? Is he near or far, powerful or weak? Does he know me? Does he have time for me? What part does he have for me to spread his kingdom out into this world, the good news of Christ? What part has he called me to be a part of taking that good news of Christ into the world? Because what you and I believe about God really does make a difference in our life. It does directly affect how we live our life. What you believe about God affects how you live your life. It affects your life choices. It affects your attitudes. It directly affects how you speak to other people or don't speak about Christ. I've quoted G. Campbell Morgan. I call him one of those long-distance mentors in my life. <laughs> he lived 80-some oh, years ago, uh, and yet he still speaks and he wrote, when God gives us a history, he's making a comment. 
So Acts is giving us a history and Luke gives us the details of the shipwreck because God wants us to note some things. Uh, Paul's confidence in God's word made him speak what God spoke to him. And because he did that, a ship full of people, 276 in all, got to see God work for Paul and for them. It all came true. So the point today is don't keep secret what God's spoken to you. Don't keep God's truth hidden because people need to hear God's truth. They need to hear his hopeful words that's changing your life and can change theirs as well. They desperately need to know it. Through the centuries, women and men who've had faith in God have spoken because they believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And because they were willing to speak, Lives were changed. Their lives were changed when they believed and affected others greatly. So today, here's the idea. Dare to declare your confidence in your God. Because you are a messenger of hope. Allow God's trustworthy character to shape how you live and how you speak and what you do so others can see and have that opportunity to put their confidence in God as well. Confident in God, messengers of hope. That's our main idea today. So let's take a look real quickly about being confident in God. So we have the book of Acts, and we read Luke's account, an eyewitness account many times. He was a researcher, and we know this about God's word. Peter, in a second letter, wrote this about God's word. In chapter 1 of 2 Peter, it says this in verse 21, for no prophecy has ever been produced by the will of a man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God, God himself has written the scripture, but he used people to write that scripture. He guided them. Their personality comes through. Uh, their vocabulary comes through. All these human characteristics are there for us. And yet it was God having them write what he wanted, not dictating, but yet using them to speak his truth. Luke's intentions, we read about that. Luke, by the way, wrote the book of Acts. He also wrote the gospel of Luke. That makes sense, doesn't it? And we know his intentions because he wrote about his intentions in his first volume as he began his gospel, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all these things closely for some time past, to write an, an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. So Luke's intention was to write his gospel and the book of Acts to help Theophilus, his friend, we believe he was a person, and to help believers through these centuries and to help us today to believe in God, to have confidence in God, and know that God's word can be trustworthy so we can speak it with confidence so that we believe in him and spread the good news. By the way, trusting in the Bible is not some blind leap of faith. Every origin theory, whether it's religious or scientific, takes giant leaps of faith. 
things that can't be explained that are assumed or believed and then whether it's evolution or religion or the Christian faith, we have to trust in God, but we know God has spoken. I have a map I just want to show real quick as I turn on my little pointer, uh, just to prove that I can. <laughs> um, this is a, a map of this ship journey, and, and, and Paul started down here in Caesarea, and they would, Scholars know, people, archaeologists that know this stuff, who've studied nautical sailing during the early Roman Empire, during the first century, this is how they would go. They would sail up the coast because normally there's westerly winds this time of year pushing this way against them. So they sailed along the coast. And, and Luke reports in the book of Acts in chapter 27 where they went. But uh, and they would sail along the coast because they could catch some wind off the coast to help them go against this westerly flow. Then they would, because the wind was against them, they would sail below Crete because that would protect them some from the wind. But then a nor'easter started to blow. And they were going to hopefully get to Phoenix, the port for the winter. And Paul told them they shouldn't leave Fair Havens but they went anyway with the southern breeze, and that's where we were reading. And then they got caught in a nor'easter, and they couldn't resist the wind, and it blew them all over the place, and they ended up crashing on the island of Malta. So it's just to let you know that they could trace this, and um, we can trust Luke's account. It's accurate. Experts say he was an eyewitness. And he's, he wasn't a sailor, but he used terms that were uh, normal for the time. They, they caught a ship from Alexandria. Well, Alexandria is in Egypt, and the wheat came from Egypt, and they would go up that route and follow this route and head toward Italy, toward Rome, because Rome needed wheat to bake bread to keep everyone happy. It was the center of the empire. So this, I just say this, I won't belabor the point, to let you know God's word is trustworthy. You should be encouraged that God uses a person like Luke, you know, one of those uh, academic kind of people, that researches, that, that, that uh, was an eyewitness, that interviewed people, and he had his own experience to convince people like you and me when we read God's word that it's true and trustworthy and that Jesus is the Christ. God used Luke, and God wants to use you. Do you believe that? That you really have an important part in this. A part. It might not seem big. But his voice, God's voice now, is through his people. That would be us. Our actions, our worth, work ethics, our honesty, our post on social media, the way we do business, the way we live our lives, the way we care for one another here, the way we interact with new people from different cultures that we meet, how we respond to them does have a huge impact if we're doing it for Christ. Our world needs to get a taste of God's kingdom now. It's not just future. The kingdom of God is here. The gospel, the good news, 
God is working in us and changing us so that we can live out his kingdom values in heaven here on earth. So that boomers, any boomers here today? Any Gen Xers, any millennials, any Gen Z, any Gen Alpha, do you know who Gen Alpha is? Anyone born after 2010, 2010 and beyond. Those are Gen Alpha, they had to go back to A, okay? They, had, they hit Gen Z. Though each generation needs to see how Jesus has power and his truth, how it transforms, whether it's in our life groups, in our congregation, in you individually, it all happens through God's grace. So Acts chapter 27, just to let you know, God's using Luke to assure us that God can be trusted. Have confidence in your God and his word and his truth. And confidence because God is personally guiding Paul and Luke and you and me. He's present with us. When reading through Acts, I hope you read through Acts again on your own. Just ask God to help you see the overarching themes. So they capture your mind and your heart and inspire you to serve Jesus and to be in his mission, how he's gifted you and planned for you to live, to build the kingdom. As Paul was guided by God through Acts, ponder how God's word has led you through the years. You know what's interesting to me? I kind of never noticed this before, or it just struck me. In chapter 9, verse 15, Ananias was supposed to go to the apostle Paul because Paul had just seen Jesus in a vision and he was blind. And Ananias didn't want to go. But Jesus said to Ananias, or the Lord said to Ananias, go, this Paul, this Saul, he's a chosen instrument of mine. You must go to him. And then a little bit later in Acts chapter 22, we read, God came to Paul and said, you got to get out of Jerusalem now because no one's going to believe your testimony. They're after you, Paul. They want to kill you, so go. In chapter 19, Paul expressed a desire to the Ephesian uh, elders that he wanted to go to Rome. And then Jesus confirmed that in a vision, you're going to Rome, in chapter 23. In, verse tw in chapter 25, Festus, the Roman uh, ruler at the time, the governor in Palestine says, to Caesar you shall go. And now the angel comes to Paul on this ship in the middle of a hurricane, in the middle of a great storm, and says, do not be afraid, you must stand before Caesar. How many times did the Apostle Paul need to be encouraged and reminded that God was using him? So don't be embarrassed if you and I need to time and again be reminded what God says and how he's going to be with us how he's guiding us, that his word can be trusted. Paul needed that encouragement, the great apostle Paul, and I, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, he was a human being, a man of faith, a person of faith, and yet he needed encouragement, and you and I need to be encouraged the same. But I'm a nobody, we say. I'm not Paul or a host of other Bible, Bible uh, women and men who seem to be heroes that are lifted up. I, I'm not like one of them. I'm, take hold of verse 23. 
For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you belong to God. Just like the Apostle Paul belonged to God. And he fellowshiped with him and he worshipped him. He followed him in this new relationship. Like the Apostle John wrote in his gospel, but to all who received him, that is Jesus, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And Jesus said to the apostles in the upper room, and he sang to us in John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last, fruit that will abide. So I'm no apostle, that's pretty clear, isn't it? I'm not even a well-known pastor or a writer of groundbreaking articles concerning Christian faith. How about you? But as a congregation, as individuals in the body of Christ, we're all called to take part in building the kingdom of God, to reveal God's glory. Jesus told a parable in Matthew chapter 25. You're, many of you would be familiar with it. It's called the parable of the talents. And Jesus told the story of a master who was going away and he gave five talents to one of his servants. He gave two talents to another one of his servants and he gave one talent to the third servant. The servant that got five talents invested it and he gained five more talents. And by the way, talents, we don't really know how much money that means, but basically it means like maybe a year's wages. So if you got five talents, multiply your, your base salary by five, that's, that's some that's some more than pocket change. It's a lot of money. One of them got five and made five more. One of them got two and he invested it and got two more. And the one that got one talent buried it. He, didn't get, he just held on to it. And when the master came back, and the master is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, he called that servant what? Wicked and cast them out. People of Christ, you have the message of the kingdom of the God who made heaven and earth. Do not bury the message. Let it be seen in how you live. So if you're a student, be a good student, and that means more than getting good grades. Hey, I was a B and C student. Once in a while, I got an A once in a while. <laughs> but it means more than just getting good grades. It means being a person of integrity, a person of honesty, a person who cares. You have a job, do a great job. Not just so you can get advanced and provide for your family, although that's not terrible, that's not a bad desire, but you are there to influence people around you for the kingdom of God. That's the most important thing. God's kingdom is coming and people need to see that kingdom and how it works now, how the power of God can transform people, change us, and we need to show it off. 
Acts is rich in truth to help us live our lives differently and to reveal the message of Christ to the world. Hey, we just said, I hope you believe that God is the God, the Father Almighty. And that Jesus Christ is his only son, our Lord, who died for our sins and was raised again to life so that we could live forever. But it's not to be kept a secret. He sent the spirit who we believe in to not only open our eyes to believe, but then to go out and to serve our God in the spirit of God so that others can take part too. Are you confident in God? Then speak it. Let it be known. Because we are messengers of hope. Look at chapter 27, verse 3. We didn't read this, but let me read just the first three verses. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to the centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in, in the ship, which was about to sail to ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. And the next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly. Why did this Roman centurion or guard treat Paul so well? You ever wonder about that? Well, maybe we know, well, we do know God's good hand was on him. So Julius's heart was bent by God's good hand to be favorable toward Paul. But maybe Julius knew what went on back in Caesarea, and maybe Festus, the governor, told him, you know, treat this guy well, because we really know he's innocent, but he appealed to Caesar, so we got to send him there, but he really isn't a bad guy, so treat him well. Maybe that's what he said. But know this too, Julius and all the other Roman guards that were there, they would accompany Paul, watch Paul every day on the ship and how he, how he responded to things, what he was saying, what he was doing, and they got to see Paul at work, how he acted in his day-to-day -day life, and I believe that had impact on how they treated Paul. Just remember that your lives speak volumes for Christ. <laughs> I need God's word to help remind me how I'm supposed to act. How about you? We talked about it a little bit last week. Remember when I killed the spider? Put off, put to death the things, the old things, the evil things, and, and then put on. And we can only put on God's holy things with God's help by reminding ourselves what it is. We need the Spirit of God to help us, so that's why we pray before we read the Word of God, before we study it, because we need His help to do it. We need one another to encourage us, to kind of make us accountable, to pray for one another, to speak to one another, to build one another up. We're not alone in this endeavor. But just don't think your day-to-day -day activities have no impact for the kingdom. Fruitfulness on the front lines. Hey, we've got to do that again for everybody. Such a, good, such a good course, such a good study. Paul, the Apostle Paul, so take heart, men, for I have faith in God. Everyone's going to be okay. How much influence we lose by slowness to confess the faith that is in us. 
The person who with definiteness will declare their belief in God is making other people put God to the test. And so is winning victories for God, and God never fails. G. Campbell Morgan. Don't be silent. A sure word from God so that people put God to the test. Did anyone ever tell you God told me? Be very careful to use that phrase because God gets blamed for a lot of things he never said. But wisely and gently and firmly and carefully, let's not be afraid to say what we know with confidence from God's word, what's true that people need to hear at the right time, at the right moment, and speak his truth. So they have to put God to the test. Because Paul shared this word of hope, 273 other people, besides the two other believers on board, put God to the test. You know what else is kind of cool? Since we're having communion today, Look at verses 33. And as the day was about to dawn, this is after 14 days in a storm. And it's not like this is a cruise ship, people. They were on the deck. Maybe there was a little below the deck place to hide for a few people off and on. I don't know. But imagine 14 days in a storm. Look at verse 33. As the day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread, and he gave thanks to God in the presence of all. He broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lighted the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. (laughs) Almost sounds like a communion service, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, I want you to know something. Luke and Aristarchus and Paul were celebrating communion. They were remembering that God had provided for them. They were standing in the very presence of God, just like we're going to do in a few minutes, remembering that God was there with them. And God had given them a sure word that they would survive. And they were rejoicing in that. They were celebrating in the life that God had given them. Now, God hasn't ever said that to me in my situation in life. It's going to be okay. But we can stand or sit in his presence and know that the good shepherd of Psalm 23 will walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death and we have nothing to fear because to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. But because Paul spoke and because of his life and his confidence in his God, these people saw, got a taste of the glory of the God 
that made them. Imagine that you were on this ship for 14 days and you never heard about the way the Lord Jesus Christ before and you met Paul and on this journey, you've been on this journey now for a day, you've watched him and these other two believers living their life and telling and talking and then everything happens just as he said in verses 39 through 44. Everything happened just as Paul said it would through the angel that God spoke to him. So tell me, what are you thinking if you've never heard about this way or this God, the God of the Hebrews, the Lord Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah, and now you meet this man, Paul, who speaks so confidently and he says, I got a word from God and, and, and it's all going to be okay and everything happens just as he said and you run aground on an island and everybody made it to the shore. You can read about that in verse 44. How would that change what you think about Paul's God? Do you have a minute if you feel comfortable, why don't you tell somebody, what would you be feeling? And what would you think differently about that God? How would that impact your life? That's the first thing I want you to talk about in two minutes. And the second thing I want you to talk about is, who has impacted your life by their example, by their confidence in their God? Not their braggadocious thing, not you know crazy pronouncement, God told me such and such, but things you know came about as they spoke confidence because they believed in God and his word. Who has influenced your life, who spiked your curiosity because of the way they lived and how they spoke about their God? Talk about that either to yourself or with a neighbor. One more thing, triplets. What's something they did that you would like to emulate? Follow their example. Take two minutes and talk about that together. Or if you're, if you're not comfortable with the talking to a neighbor, think about it yourself. Three things. What would I be thinking if I was on that ship? Who's influenced me to be curious, to follow Christ, to believe, to have confidence in him? And what can I emulate? Go ahead, make some noise. Followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't be silent. Don't bury the treasure that God's given us. Let it be seen. Let it be heard. Dare to trust and obey. 
by the power of Christ living in us, we can do this. Speak the hope of the gospel so that people can test it and see if it isn't true. You know, even our failures, our mess-ups, God can use to bring glory to him in the gospel, like when we, when we admit our sins, when we ask for forgiveness, when, we, when we're rude to our kid's coach on a soccer field and we go and apologize. Never happened? No. When we do something wrong, say something to a coworker, get heated, and, and we go back and we apologize, and, and, and we heat, eat humble pie, so to speak, and, and, and they may not even get it, but we just live our lives consistently in our successes and failures, how it speaks volumes about God's transforming power at work in our lives. It's the power of Christ at work in us. Hey, take... Take hope again from the Apostle Paul. He's the one in Philippians 3 that said, you know, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and I want to share in the resurrection, I want to share in his suffering. But then what does he say? Not that I've obtained all these things, not that I'm perfect, but I forget what's behind and I move forward to what's ahead. He was growing, and that's what we can do. Let me close with this thought before we take communion and celebrate the work of Christ to save us and then his presence with us, living in us. John in 1 John, his first letter says this in the first three verses, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was revealed to us. He's talking about Christ. Think about this. God the Father never ever has hidden who he is. God was heard. God was seen. God was touched. The Lord Jesus Christ lived among us. Seen, heard, and touched. So let Jesus be heard in all that we say and how we say it. Let Jesus be seen in how we act and react when we're wrong. And let's be like Jesus and be among those people who never have heard or seen the Messiah or heard his gospel or his good news. Let's be close enough that they can touch us, rub shoulders with us, bump elbows, interact with us, work together. You know what? That puts pressure on us to be holier, to be more godly, but we can by his grace. How will you help one another be more confident messengers of Jesus' hope? God's calling us to do that. And it's not just for our well-being, but it's so others can share in the glories of the kingdom. Let's pray. Lord, we believe in you. You are the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Holy Spirit, teach us. Lord Jesus Christ, reveal yourself to us. Fill us with your truth and then point us to others that we can influence, that we can 
uh, walk with, that we can speak to, that we can care for so that your gospel, your good news can be heard and seen and even touched. Renew our confidence in your word, in your presence, in your power so that we live for you. Lord, we remember you now and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.